This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen here with you. Well, when a child has an illness, injury, or a disease that necessitates surgery or a painful procedure, anesthesia is required. And who best to oversee the delivery of the anesthesia than a pediatric anesthesiologist? Well, here with more on all of this is Dr. Joseph Resti, Assistant Professor of Anesthesiology at Upstate Medical University, specializing in pediatric in pediatric anesthesiology. Welcome, Dr. Resty. Mm. Thanks for coming in. Uh, thanks for inviting me, Linda. So let's help us, our listeners, understand what do we mean when we use the phrase pediatric anesthesiologist? What do we mean? So after finishing uh, your routine training in uh, anesthesiology, some anesthesiologists elect to become some specialists in pediatric anesthesiology um, and uh, because they want to care for children undergoing surgical procedures and other uh, tests uh, requiring anesthesia care. And so um, there are uh, thousands of pediatric anesthesiologists uh, uh, throughout the country, including uh, six uh, trained uh, anesthesiologists here at Upstate Medical University. So the bottom line is that your job as a pediatric anesthesiologist is really to for, is to really you know, focus on children, both in terms of pedi- in terms of surgical procedures, but also many, many other procedures that, that might require some anesthesia for the child, and yep. pain management included. Absolutely. As you can imagine, uh, children need anesthesia for things that adults wouldn't need anesthesia for. For example, MRIs and uh, other tests where children uh, do not sit still for those. Uh, being a parent of two children, I know <laughs> no, toddlers can, well. <laughs> cannot sit still for anything, including a 45-minute MRI. And so uh, our scope of practice throughout the hospital, which is a little bit different from adult anesthesiologists who mostly focus on uh, surgical procedures and other uh procedures that have painful pain associated with them, we uh, we deliver care for lots of children throughout the hospital. And hospitals. I think it's a key point that's always made when we talk about children is that they're really not just small adults. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. They, uh, uh, the challenges of being a pediatric anesthesiologist, uh, that their anatomy and physiology are vastly different from adults, um, and they're not small adults. It's something that's very popular in the pediatric world uh, to say that. Um, and uh, from you know, it can be challenging from uh, taking care of tiny two and three pound babies for anesthesia from just dealing with the entire um, uh, family dynamic of a child who needs to have surgery and anesthesia. I think having a trained pediatric anesthesiologist to uh, uh, deal with all those challenges is very, very important. So so you say trained. So let's be more specific. You mentioned that after you finished an anesthesiology or anesthesia residency or fellowship program, what specific training do you get to become a pediatric anesthesiologist? So you'll do a separate uh, pediatric anesthesiology fellowship at a children's hospital somewhere in the United States, which is accredited um, and uh, actually has a separate board certification as well, which is newer in the last five years. Um, so there's a, a now board-certified pediatric anesthesiologist within the United States. And it's just very important, I think, when you take your child to have a procedure, that uh, especially if it's a major procedure, uh, that you want to make sure that everyone involved in that patient's care is uh, as highly trained as possible, and now we have a separate board for pediatric anesthesiologists to ensure that. How wide-ranging is this, though, with throughout the country? I mean, do we have sufficient numbers of, p- of pediatric anesthesiologists to care for children? Yeah, that's a that good that question. Setting? I think that uh, uh, every children's hospital, including our children's hospital in Syracuse, New York, does have dedicated pediatric anesthesiologists. Uh, it's very common, uh, and actually almost a majority of children having procedures will have them in ambulatory surgery settings with non um, uh, uh, non specialty uh, trained uh, pediatric anesthesiologists. I think in those uh, cases, it's appropriate for a general anesthesiologist to take care of those children because they're healthy otherwise undergoing minor procedures. But once you get to 
to extremes of age as far as newborn babies and small children um, and major procedures or children with major coexisting diseases, it's very, very important to have a specialty trained pediatric anesthesiologist. So that leads me to the whole concept of what the range is. You really do start with almost neonates. I mean, basically you said one and two pound babies who may have been prematurely born all the way up to 18, 20 year olds. Yeah, yeah. and sometimes our scope, uh, if the surgeons uh, take care of uh, adults who uh, have pediatric type problems, uh, for example. stemming uh, from pediatrics. Exactly. Uh, We'll take care of patients older than 18, but you're absolutely right that we'll take care of small babies uh, hours after birth uh, for surgical care um, uh, in uh, in, uh, um, connection with our neonatal ICU over at Krauss and the neonatologists over there. We all work together as a team to take care of these children. So it strikes me that there are very specific skill sets that you really have to acquire in addition to all the medical aspects of of what your training is, in terms of handling children appropriately. As a father, you know this very well, especially of young children. Mm. So give me a sense of some of the things that you actually get involved in. I mean, I know you do complex medical problems of children and infants when surgery is involved, but how about, you know, in terms of, you know, making this the environment feel more comfortable and safe and, of course, interacting, as you mentioned, with the very, very worried parents. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's no higher level of anxiety for a parent other than when their child is going to undergo a surgical procedure. Uh, And it was one of the most daunting parts of my job when I started was having to... to, uh, work with these parents to help help with that. Um, it's easy for the children because we give them medicine to help them relax, but of course we can't do that for the parents. So right. it's, it's, a, it's a big challenge for us. Um, but it's a challenge that uh, one thing that I love about my job and uh, uh, with the anxiety level so high for the parents, you really can't do anything but help them more. Um, and uh, I, I like to be able to leave uh, with the patient, head back to the operating room and uh, have the parents have a smile on their face that their anxiety levels come down a little bit. That's a wonderful uh, goal. And, it, yeah, it is, and it's, a, it's, a, it's something that I pride myself in my practice that uh, the uh, I try to do every day. Um, it's uh, it's uh, a wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah, and especially as you said, the anxiety level is so high, not only with the surgical aspects of the procedure, but also just putting a child under. Absolutely. I would think parents yeah. would be anxious. Absolutely, and especially for more uh, low risk procedures or things like MRIs that have little risk to the MRI. Clearly, the riskier portion of that is going to be the anesthetic, and uh, it's very common that uh, parents are more concerned about the anesthesia than they are about the surgery. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm Linda Cohen, along with pediatric anesthesiologist Dr. Joseph Resti. We're talking about pediatric anesthesia, the needs, and the problems that can arise. Well, speaking of that, and the fact that surgery and anesthesia are really scary propositions for patients, especially those of very, I'm sorry, parents, and especially of those of very young patients, what are some of the hazards of anesthesia in children? Yeah. I think one of the biggest um, uh, topics that currently, and something that's gained a lot of headlines, recent articles in the New York Times, et cetera, has been the potential for uh, 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 Issues with brain development after exposure uh, to anesthesia to young infants and children. Um, there's uh, so the, what's the, what's the concern that somehow the the general anesthesia that's delivered interferes with the development or the the progress in the developing brain of a young very young infant. Exactly, exactly. Clearly, our anesthesia medicines work on the brain, uh, which is how they work. And the concern is that are they interrupting or disrupting the uh, uh, nerve growth in the brain um, and having 
issues when the kids are older with uh, function in school, how they're learning, how they're performing in school. Um, but it's a very difficult issue to look at because kids who have anesthesia at young ages very often have a lot of other medical issues. So Comorbidities. It's, yeah, exactly. So it's not a perfectly separated uh, topic. Um, and uh, so we don't have perfect answers yet. Uh, there's current studies going on to try to figure this out a little more clearly, including a very exciting one that they just finished up, but now we're just waiting for the children to get older so they get to do that school testing, uh, those cognitive tests. Uh, and I think that'll give us a little more answers if our anesthesia exposure. Of course, the important thing to always keep in mind, and when I have this discussion with families, is that children are undergoing plastic surgery. Uh, most of the procedures that they are uh, scheduled for, especially as young uh, children, are necessary, and so we don't have much of an option other than to deliver the anesthesia care. Yeah. In many uh, cases, it's it's basically life-saving. Exactly, exactly. Things that can't wait for you know months or years so the kids get older and their brain development uh, is more complete. Um, so even though there's a lot of talk about this, our options are very limited. The kids need to have these procedures and need anesthesia. But to date, there are really no studies that that clearly show that there is a direct relationship that's, that, that's correct. between that's, brain damage or, or limitation of brain development and these anesthetics. That, that's aesthetics. correct. Every every single study has had some kind of uh, confounding variable that uh, could you know shows that the anesthesia may or may not be linked to these problems later in life. Um, the current study that's going on is children, uh, when they're having anesthesia as a baby, are either going to have general anesthesia, which is the anesthesia where you're all the way to sleep, or what's called a regional anesthesia, which is an injection of numbing medicine that numbs the site of the procedure. And they've taken half the kids and given them general anesthesia and half this regional anesthesia. And what they're going to do in five years is test the children uh, to see how they do and to see if there's any differences. And otherwise, these two groups are exactly the same. So if there is a difference, really we would say it's to the anesthesia. If there's no difference, I think we can all safely say that at least one anesthetic exposure as a young infant uh, doesn't impact uh, impact cognitive development later in age. But as you pointed out, I mean, in this case, obviously, it's a, it's a controlled study, and it sounds like a well-designed study, but when you have youngsters who require life-saving surgery, it's usually because of some potentially congenital malformation or some, some other factor that could be co-occurring with some brain issues. Yep, absolutely. And so it's really hard to tease out. But in, in this design, it sounds like you probably, they probably will get to exactly. some Exactly. And some on top answers. of just the, the medical comorbidities these kids uh, have to deal with the young ages, uh, you know, when infants come home and they're in these rich environments where their children, their, their parents are reading them books and kids who are in the hospital a lot don't have those enriching environments. Exactly. And is that isol is that a factor enough to develop, uh, to, to affect their uh, uh, intellectual function later in life? So there's a lot of issues uh, that are very difficult to tease out. How about things like hypoxia or cardiovascular compromise? In other words, is there something about going under, apart from the brain issue, that could actually threaten the life of a small child. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this is why we have specialty trained pediatric anesthesiologists uh, that uh, children, for lots of uh, reasons, um, uh, are very fragile uh, compared to adults and uh, uh, that in, in, a, in really in a moment can have those kinds of disruptions that can be life-threatening. And so uh, it's very important to have pediatric anesthesiologists there and why our surgeons here at Upstate uh, only do procedures with our pediatric anesthesia team. Uh, it's 
they, they, they know that how, how important it is to the children. And that you're so well trained in that in that very specific environment, so there have been some challenging procedures historically that now have become very effective and safe. I actually, in, in getting ready to chat with you, found out that things like bariatric surgery and endoscopy and things like that at one time were needed anesthesia were more worrisome, and now you really kind of have crossed that border so you can do those fairly routinely. Yeah, yeah. So it's a wonderful thing. And uh, uh, in the last two decades that anesthesia care has gone from one of the riskiest things uh, to one of the safest parts of uh, someone's medical journey uh, through a surgery, uh, mostly due to uh, improvement in the way that we monitor patients and improvement with the drugs that we can use. Um, but it's become a very safe, uh, uh, very safe um, uh, field, thankfully. Um, uh, and some things that were uh, once riskier have become more routine, uh, which is which is a good and bad thing. Sometimes people get a little too comfortable with it, and of course, it's still uh, a very uh, uh, it can be very risky, although it's much safer. Uh, but uh, so you still have to respect it. But we're very thankful that it's become a less risky proposition. What kind of new frontiers do you think are are presenting themselves for the field of pediatric anesthesiology? I read something that I thought was so interesting, and it sounds so sci-fi. This idea of actually doing fetal surgery, meaning doing surgical repair when a baby is actually within the womb. And it would strike me that that could be an incredibly complex thing for the surgeon, but clearly also for the anesthesiologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, uh, these, these, these fetal surgery procedures are incredibly complex, requiring five or six different specialties of physicians during the procedure and planning from another half dozen group of uh, uh, physicians to say nothing about the nursing staff and everything else. Uh, and when, when these procedures are done, there's usually around 30 to 40 people in the operating room for what is a uh, usually about a quarter pound fetus, which is a, a kind of interesting because the patient is as small as they get. We don't have smaller patients. <laughs> than those. Uh, and uh, uh, the anesthesia care is very challenging because truly during those, uh, we have uh, both the, the mom and the, uh, uh, the fetus to care about. And uh, uh, they're very exciting procedures and something that is uh, becoming more mainstream, which is uh, weird to say out of my mouth because uh, uh, it it's, is so new, but something that's becoming more and more common throughout the entire country. Well, it sounds like there's so many exciting breakthroughs in this field. And I want to thank you so much for coming in and sharing this perspective because I don't think many people in our lay audience have any idea what a pediatrician Pediatric anesthesiologist. I'm I'm happy to do it and happy to uh, chat and uh, educate folks about uh, the importance of pediatric anesthesia. Thanks again for coming in. My guest has been Dr. Joseph Resti, Assistant Professor of Anesthesiology at Upstate Medical University, specializing in pediatric anesthesiology. I'm Linda Cohen, and you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air.